Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Farewell, La Serena. We hardly knew you. I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and I'm here to talk to you about why Star Trek Picard is ending. The February issue of SFX magazine has been released, and there is an interview contained within with Akiva Goldman and Terry Matlas, who are executive producing Star Trek Picard. Now, as we know, the second season of Star Trek Picard is set to drop on March 3rd, 2022. We've actually released two back-to-back breakdown videos about this topic already. However, this interview has given us a little bit more to dwell on when it comes to the future of Star Trek Picard. The producers discussed how Star Trek Picard looms in the canon of Star Trek overall, and how not only the first season, but the second and third, deal with solving some of the ghosts of next generation's past. Now, we've obviously already seen Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis, Brent Spiner, all return in season one of Star Trek Picard. And we know, of course, that John Delancey and Whoopi Goldberg are both returning for season two. Now, they both discussed the impact that Next Generation has on Picard. And of course, it is enormous, but it is also not a barometer as to what to expect, particularly from what's coming from Star Trek Picard. They discussed how season two is gonna be much more of an exploration of the heart. And that is something that is going to carry on throughout the next two seasons. Now, one thing that is not being addressed, we know this already, is that the Gollum body, that was very much in their own words about dealing with rebirth and renewal. That was what season one was about, rebirth and renewal, whereas season two is exploration of the heart. Now, season three, while they didn't go into much detail, that's going to go a little bit bigger with... We'll get to that. What they really, really made a point of making sure that we knew from the article is that we are dealing with the last chapter of Picard's life. Now, that was sprinkled throughout the article so often that I'm fairly certain we are going to see the end of Jean-Luc Picard by the end of season three. Now, that is just that speculation, so if it doesn't end up that way, please do not, you know, come after me. But I think based on what they're saying, I think it's a pretty good indicator of what's coming for Picard, that we are getting a three-season tight story that may well end up finishing with the death of Jean-Luc Picard. With that, they discussed the challenges of writing for this era of arguably Starfleet's most famous captain. 
And that is because they're not writing for characters in their 20s, 30s and 40s, which they both said was something that they were so used to doing on nearly every other iteration of Star Trek and everything else they've written. Because generally you're dealing with officers who are either in their prime, approaching their prime, or maybe just a little bit over their prime. But certainly not with a nonagenarian. And that looms large over Star Trek Picard as a whole. And season two is very much about looking inward and backward. Now, again, that is not to say that we're going to get, okay, let's all sit down and with Star Trek, with Captain Picard in his 90s, we're going to stick on a counter at Farpoint and see how we get on. That is not what they are saying. Although John Delancey, in the same set of interviews, did talk about the ridiculousness that was encounter at Farpoint and how Q went from being an afterthought to one of the most important characters, certainly in Captain Picard's life, let alone Star Trek as a whole. The first two episodes of season two, they quoted as being a wild ride. It was originally pitched as a slower, more contemplative version of Star Trek than what we had seen at the time, uh, sort of in a contemporary way, basically meaning Star Trek Discovery. I'm going to say it was Alex Kurtzman who said, Discovery is like a speeding bullet, whereas Star Trek Picard is, you know, supposed to be dealing with this slower pace. If I'm to be very fair, I think that slower pace is still much faster than much of the next generation. Whereas season two, seems to be at least carrying that on a little bit if these first two episodes are a wild ride but also they they are certainly suggesting that we're going to get a lot of introspection in season two which i think might have been missing a little bit from season one so i'm actually i'm quite happy to hear this now we know there's going to be time travel we know reality is going to be broken we're going to get this and we're going to get that now the most recent trailer really went to great pains to show us the Borg Queen, going to be played by Annie Wershing. They said that do not go into season two expecting an imitation or an homage to Alice Krieg's Borg Queen, or in fact, Susanna Thompson's Borg Queen. This is a completely different character who just happens to basically share the title. Well, we know there are different Borg Queens. I've just named two of them. This is very much... they. It was particularly, I believe it was Goldman who said he's a huge fan of the Borg and what they bring to Star Trek. If season one was the tease of the Borg, particularly with the XBs and of course Seven of Nine, then season two, well, it remains to be seen how much we're going to get the Borg in this. But with the Queen, we could effectively get a new collective overnight. But this Queen, they said, has a very different backstory to the one we've seen before. Now, we don't know, is she still the collective is she an individual who began as a queen the most recent trailer shows her looking pretty scary if i'm honest the second trailer showed us slingshot around the sun now it suggested that her time warp technology or her time travel technology plays a part in this so it could be something of a combination of the two now in keeping with this introspective and in their words healing theme of star trek picard They said that the theme that they really wanted to put across in season two is that one of the only things that can transcend time is love. In a way, what we've been hoping for from Star Trek Picard has basically been a victory lap for Sir Patrick Stewart and for Jean-Luc Picard and to see all of the different faces. So on the one hand, yep, 
totally on board with that. Think of the scene between him and Data in the end of season one. Now, I mean, the end of season one was far from perfect, but that scene was absolutely beautiful. And the scenes between himself, Deanna Troy, Commander Riker, Captain Riker, I beg your pardon. This is a lot of what I want to see. Now, if we get more of this in season two, which again is suggested we are going to get it with at least Guinan, then I'm on board with this. I will understand if there's a bit of trepidation over, well, are they going to lean more on emotion than story? Are they going to lean more on sentiment than action? We need to have a little bit of a balance of all of it. Something that Next Gen, it certainly didn't nail it in its first couple of seasons, but it got there. And that then leads us to, I think, a legitimate concern is that a lot of the Star Trek shows, they had the room to grow. Now, with Picard ending after season three, that ties it with the original series in terms of number of seasons on the air. Now, you could very fairly argue that the animated series is the original series fourth season. You know, it very much is just an extension of the same. So this could end up being the shortest Star Trek of them all. Remains to be seen, of course, where Prodigy will fall into this because we know Lower Decks has already been confirmed for season four. We know that Strange New Worlds has been confirmed for season two. So if that's a massive flop, that could end up being the shortest Star Trek, but we don't know, but we don't know. But obviously the concern is that will they have the room to hit their stride? Now I think they're doing very, very well, but of course the more episodes we get, the more room to grow. Now in an odd way, I've just said room to grow, the guy said that season two is going to be a more intimate story than season one, whereas season three is going to contain some Star Trek universe game-changing moments. And I was very interested to hear that. Are they going to finish Picard's story while blowing Star Trek Picard out into the franchise as a whole, which I think would be an excellent idea. There's already, of course, been references in Star Trek Discovery to Star Trek Picard. So very, very, very much want to see what's going on here. Now, something that really intrigued me is that they specifically said season three is going to contain some nods to the Kirk era movies. Now, we here at Trek Culture Towers, we said that, well, hang on, we've seen that in the trailer. It's the slingshot around the sun. But that's season two. They specifically called out season three. Let the wild speculation begin. Now, although we've just said about the Kirk movies, Goldman did say... Maybe not in so many words, but you basically confirmed that by the time season three wraps, we will have seen most, if not all, of the TNG faces. Now, to be fair, he didn't say it in so many words, but it's one of those kind of, you don't even need to read between the lines. Like, if you read, like, 1.5 of the line, it's there. It's there. So, excitement. Excitement, because obviously you know from episode one of season one, we've been like, checklist, okay? We've got Riker, we've got Troy. Who had data? Okay, you had data there. Chris, you're, you you were looking for Geordi? Okay, cool. We don't have Geordi yet, grand, yeah. Adam, Worf? Yeah, we'll get back to you on that one. So, we are, we are here for it. And we are very, very kind of like, man, give us more cameos. Now, two returning names behind the scenes, John Eves and Doug Drexler are joining with the production team to have a look at how the starships are coming across. With you know, We all blew our minds there last week when a Nova-class ship and a Steamrunner-class ship turned up in the trader. So, it's so excited. And they were, it was said with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but they're coming in to have a new look at nacelles. 
just so excited that we get some of these returning, particularly visual artists coming back on to bring that sort of sense of visual continuity across. Now, in terms of the big man himself, Sir Patrick Stewart was interviewed, and while there were not many revelations in his interview, he was he did he did give a, a bit of a retrospective on how his life has changed since getting the initial audition to being or to hearing that Gene Roddenberry did not want his name mentioned in his office again, to then being given the part to then being potentially best remembered for everything for Star Trek. Uh, He was asked who he wanted to play a younger version of him, and he said Benedict Cumberbatch, which was very interesting, because James McAvoy is playing young Picard. Thank you very much, Sir Patrick Stewart. Head canon. And James McAvoy wants it too. Last but not least, Akiva Goldman was asked, you know, kind of, where do we go from here? And after he said that we can do this, this kind of tight story, when it comes to Picard. He loves the idea of Robert Kirkman and The Walking Dead and this anthology series. Now we know an anthology series was originally proposed for what became Star Trek Discovery. Brian Fuller had originally had that idea. So it seems like this is being revisited. Two people who he specifically called out, Akiva Goldman did, was the idea of doing an anthology story, one that featured the return of George Takei, One that showed off what Jonathan Archer got up to after the events of Enterprise. Now, one thing that particularly Star Trek Discovery has been quite good at in season four, now without too many spoilers, is that Enterprise is getting love that it deserves 20 years late, but it is getting that love. So you may be hearing it here first. Do not be shocked if you were to see at least some revival of Enterprise in the not too distant future. And of course, there's always the option of short treks as well. Now, that is quite enough to be getting on with for the moment. Uh, The news has been coming thick and fast for the last few days. I may see you later on today. I may see you tomorrow. Who knows? But whatever happens to that, as news comes in, we will let you know. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.